Hello there, it's Jamila Jamil. Are you by any chance listening to this podcast promo while out on a walk? If so, good for you. That's going to make both your mind and your body feel better. On my podcast, I Weigh, this month, we're going to be exploring mental health and talking to amazing guests about other things that you can do to make yourself feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of You Talking You Too to Me is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com and use the offer code BONO. From boy to boots... Get on them, that is. This is you talking you two to me, the comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things you two. I'm your host, or your co-host, actually, Scott. And I'm your other co-host, Scott. And together we are Adam Scott Ackerman. And here we uh, are. Here we are. This is episode three. Um, welcome to the show. We've boy, I mean, talk about I mean, you two, by the way, we talk a lot about you two on the show. You two came out pretty strong with their first record, but I think that our podcast started even stronger. I th- we've had two great episodes. Yeah, it's crazy because I know you two is an incredibly successful, famous band. Mm-hmm. The I, biggest I, I would say the biggest band in the world for the last. 20 years? They've probably sold upwards of 2 million records. I I would say they've sold more than that. It's somewhere in there, though. Like between 2, 3 million records. Sure. And I, but I'm going to say that our podcast, like, you two can fill the Rose Bowl. No problemo. English, please. Uh, problem. No What's problem. What's the first word? No, okay. no problem. No problem. Okay. Like, it would, they wouldn't have trouble filling the Rose Bowl. And you know, I know this because I saw them at the Rose Bowl. The place was full, and I don't think they had a problem getting there. <laughs> I mean, everything, life has its own problems. I, you know, but we don't know. Scott, filling the Rose Bowl isn't one of them for those guys. You'd never know. We don't, look, at, at this point in I saw the recording at process. Stadium. Not a problem. Who, the Dodgers? No, you too, the band. Oh, oh, oh. Well, you mentioned Dodger Stadium. I thought you were talking about you went to a Dodgers game. Were they at the Dodgers game? No, they played. It was a Halloween concert. Who were they dressed as? I was not there, no. They were dressed as you too. Oh, were they dressed as Kiss? Because I I saw that one. I kept thinking, I kept nudging my girlfriend, and I kept saying, hey, I wonder if that's really Bono and the boys up there, or if it's just some people in Halloween costumes. (laughs) I bet she she thought it was funny. Yeah. You, but you kept doing it. You said, "Yeah, because it was a it, w- it was one of those good jokes that you repeat yeah, several times." Yep. Yeah. By the way, you heard him a little earlier, um, butting in, even though I hadn't introduced him. He's got a lot to say. Uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, interesting. Well, kind listen. of strategy there to just kind of jump in and start talking. Yeah, whatever. That's kind of why you have me on, right? Well, I kind of you thought that was good enough. The that, handle. That, oh yeah, you're just you've gone rogue. This is Harris Whittles. Yeah, we're real threatened by you. Radio's bad boy. <laughs> you know him from the Analyze Fish podcast. Yeah. I was a guest on that show once. You mm-hmm. were. And You're part of the Analyze Fish family. You were a guest of mine to a fish concert once. Mm-hmm. That's also true. 
That's also true. And uh, you know, Harris, he's a writer on Parks and Recreation, which is probably where you guys met. Or did you meet earlier than that? No, we met at, didn't we? I think I don't. I think we met there, right? Yeah. But I had seen your face on a T-shirt that Tall John made. Really? Yeah. Our friend Tall John or made. No. Yeah, made I, a, I also have a T-shirt with Tall John's face on it. Yes. Yeah. This is a story. Should we tell this story? Sure. Why not? It's you talking you two to me. We may sure. as well tell the story. We have a friend, Tall John, the officiant at my wedding. Oh, that's a great choice. He did a great job. He did a great job. He's, he's a funny guy and he's sincere. He's one of the great humans. That said, he we when he asked uh, what he should do as the officiant, we said, just be yourself. Just speak from the heart. Mm-hmm. He took that to mean write jokes. <laughs> so the at the rehearsal dinner the night before... Uh, it was a very sincere night. All of our families there. He met our families. He pulled me aside, white as a sheet, and said, I think what I have prepared to do tomorrow is not right, and I want to check in with you about it. <laughs> and he had all of these, like, really hard jokes that oh, he was going to do. Oh, and we were man. like, we told you to speak from the heart. <laughs> oh, He's like, yeah, I thought you meant. From the fart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, but a great guy. Now tell the t-shirt story. No, wait, story. wait, wait. Do you remember any of the jokes? I think the first one he was leading with, the very first thing he would say is, before we begin, Scott, you know gay marriage is now legal, right? <laughs> you don't have to do this. <laughs> that's a great joke. Great oh, joke. that's great. Would have crushed. So uh, did he have to then go to his like hotel room and rewrite everything and write He it? may have or he may have just cut the jokes. That's all we want. Just cut the jokes. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, cut the so shit, great. Tall John. Yeah, we're, you know, you're doing bits your whole life. You can be serious for 15 minutes. We had a pretty serious wedding, right? Hey, we had a pretty serious... Yeah. Paris, were you there? I in tears. I teared up. Did you? Well, hey, we're getting married over here. Hey, you talking you two to me? <laughs> you talking you two to me? So tell the Tall John t-shirt story. He's a great guy. He was a writer on the Sarah Silverman program, which is where possibly mm-hmm. Harris, you got to know him. I think, uh, I don't totally remember what how it all happened all i know is i've seen you you guys made a bet or something no what's the t-shirt what what am i doing in the t-shirt you're at a party and tall john is there and on and a shirt i thought that it is on you're wearing he made a t-shirt of your face and he wore it somewhere yes here here's what it was john just showed up i think it was my birthday party wearing a t-shirt with my face on it. Mm-hmm. Then, like, three months later, we were all in North Carolina for our friend Preston's wedding, and I had made a T-shirt with a picture of him wearing the That's T-shirt right. with That's my right. face on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, And I wore that to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much as That's far as it went. As far as it went. Although, a follow-up in you wearing T-shirt stories, when I had a uh, one of our auctions for the LA Food Bank, you the gift that you gave that we auctioned off was you would go shopping at the Mayfair, I think, with whoever won, wearing a T-shirt of that person's face? Yes. <laughs> but then we just never got our shit together and did it. It never happened. That never happened? No. Well, th- that person out of the – normally everyone followed up on it, but that person was not following up or something, as I recall. And I think also I wasn't following up. That may have been. Uh, because I think at one point it morphed into, you hey, know what? let's not do the shopping thing. Let's, let's just go get a drink. And then oh, that's okay. that's more like, hey, you know what? This was a very specific thing that I was Yeah, watching. and I was – The fun and, gets and taken and out. They seemed 
fine and cool, but you it never turned know. into like it felt like a blind date yeah, or something, yeah. and it just never material. I would have done it, but it never materialized. I feel like Rob Corddry, by the way, who is supposed to paint a picture of someone who won his auction still has not done it uh-huh. <laughs> and it's been four years i think at this point it has so been it's it, it's been a while it's been it was, a while it was three and, years ago but art only appreciates <laughs> that's true so that's hey true. they're making money right now yeah. it's, been a while. it's been a while this is you're talking you about. too to me <laughs> By the way, this let me explain what this show is. Uh, this is we're going to talk about everything about you two. Yeah. Okay. If you listen to this podcast, and I hope you are at this point. Otherwise, these vibrations are going out to no one. Yeah. If you listen to this, you're going to press either stop or pause. I'm not really sure. After it's done, and you're going to say, you know what? I know everything there is to know about you two because we're going to do it all. We're going to talk about trivia. We're going to talk about every little detail about you two. Mm-hmm. We've we've divvied it up into chapters. The first chapter, episode one, let me recap. We talked about three records. We talked about boy. We talked about October. We talked about war. And we even talked about an EP under a blood red sky. The second episode, we got a little off track. We talked about one record. <laughs> We talked about the unforgettable fire, and, and barely awake, that, and wide awake in America. Sort of, barely both of those. Barely both of those. We didn't. Re- in fact, I was made fun of for going into detail at one point, which is what this <laughs> podcast was supposed no, to be. No, but you were going into detail about your behavior at the warehouse. What is wrong with it? That's what this show is. Well, already, but, we've gotten into what Adam wore to a guy named Preston's wedding. That's yeah, true. So that's the kind of thing that when fans of you. Two get to talking. <laughs> That's what they want to know. That's what they talk about. U2 is a band all about details. It's all <laughs> about where you are, what you're doing, how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Details, 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 details. They're not just for magazines anymore. No. <laughs> Although that is a terrific men's magazine. It really want to know. Have about. you ever been on the cover of that? No. You nodded. Like, of course I have, and then well, you said no. that's because once I took a picture of myself and I wrote details on it. <laughs> okay. Great story. You have yeah. that tattooed on you. Uh, yeah, I got, then I picture that. Tattoo, tattoo you. Body. Rolling Stones. Another great, another great rock and roll band. You talking tattoo you to me? <laughs> so, <laughs> this episode we're focusing. We should do a Fantasy Island podcast, You Talking Tattoo to Me. That's a great idea. Yeah, that's a, that is a great idea. <laughs> okay. So now let's talk about what's happening today. We're going to catch up on everything. We're going to catch up on I Love Films. We're going to catch up on that Huey Lewis podcast that we are doing simultaneously. Anytime any one of us is not talking, we're talking into a separate mic doing a, a Huey Lewis podcast yeah. as well. So uh, and that you can't hear that, obviously, because uh, that's a different one that comes out at the same time. We but just covered sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is, is probably the first 10 episodes. Yeah. We're going to talk about Harry Potter. Um, but... In this episode, as it pertains to you too, we're going to talk what about. What's the follow-up album to Sports? Uh, four is it called four? four? I believe it's called Four. All we right. should really learn this stuff before we go into the episodes yeah. about the it ones had, following uh, sports. <laughs> it had uh, hip to be square. Hip on to it. be square, which yeah. I say is still okay. When it came out, I was not a fan. Me neither. But uh, at this point, I sort of like it. Yeah, that song, uh, like a like a fine wine. <laughs> sure, or like There's a painting that Rob Corddry. Shut up. <laughs> 
<laughs> hey Harris, he was kind of joking. Yeah, but shut up. Well, what the fuck am I doing here? Well, we'll talk about it. Okay, so from boy to boots, I already said it. Get on them. That is. We're going to talk about everything about YouTube. This episode, we're going to talk about the Joshua Tree. This episode is kind of like our Joshua Tree episode. It's going to be as popular. It's going to be as popular. This is good rock and roll uh, music, is our catchphrase, of course. People have been making the fan art. Thanks so much for making the fan art with Adam's face on it saying that. Thanks, guys. Um, What's it say? This is rock this and roll This is good music. rock and roll uh, music, <laughs> which was his quote from the first. <laughs> he very sincerely said... <laughs> I was so We were listening psyched. to a song. He was psyched. He said... This is high quality rock and roll, and I laughed, and I and, totally meant it. And then, and then I tried to remember what he said. I said, "What was that quote?" And he said, "This is good rock and roll uh, music," <laughs> which I thought was even better. It is. And we said, "That's got to be the pull quote that Bono uses." <laughs> By the way, as of this recording, it's been eight years since we recorded the last episode. Yep. Bono still has not hit us up. No, and I'm still got to come with those t-shirts. <laughs> Since then, I've not bought any t-shirts. And they're up to like $400. Dollars now. now. Well, we don't even use dollars inflation. anymore. It's cyberbucks. Yeah, they're up to 400 Starbucks. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the Joshua Tree. But then in the second half of the show... We're gonna be. We're gonna talk about about rattle and hum. Rattle and hum. If we get there, and sort of, kind of, why? How they get off course? When things go wrong, when hubris takes over. Oh, you guys are aware that something went wrong. Yes. Well, that's why you're here on this episode. iPods and stuff. iPods, iPads. I don't know anymore. I I don't care if people sell out. I think you got to do what you got to do, and they give it all to African children, right? That's their. We'll talk. We'll talk about what you don't like. Yeah. Wait, your main problem with you two is when they. Did an iPod ad? No, no. I'm saying, like, is that when? It's a little cheesy. Like, they're a little cheesy now, right? They're on. They're on, oh, easy cheesy. Uno we'll talk. We'll talk about. Catorce, and then they hey, dance it's a with a great iPods. song. We'll talk about. It. We'll talk about. It. Right. Just cool your jets for a second, okay? Right. We gotta ease into this, okay? Because we knees on down, knees on down the road. Guys, 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 guys. We don't. We don't knees have the rights to that song. We don't have the rights to that song. Okay, well, let's play some U2 songs. That if we you're going to sing a song, to. it has to be public domain. Yeah. Happy birthday. No, that's so expensive. <laughs> Mary had a little. Okay, everybody. Mary, Mary had, had a little, a little lamb. A little row, row, row your boat. I can't get no. He's on down the road. <laughs> when I'm driving, he's down my road. I'm doing this. Be alone. It's time to he's on down. He's on down. Great. Goodbye with a little help with my friends. Great. All great U2 songs. All right. Let's talk about the Joshua Tree for a bit. Should we? Yeah. Let's listen to. Where the streets have no name. Okay, it's a great kicking song. off the whole. I'll, I'll fucking really? say it right now. It's a great song. There's two U2 songs that I love: "Sunday Bloody Sunday" and this one. "Sunday right. Bloody Sunday." We talked about that in the first episode. We we're talking about girls' periods a lot, mm-hmm. and so we played it. <laughs> and uh, we still want to hear from you. You get it? Eric? Is that about periods? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
We still we haven't heard a lot from girls talking about their periods. We asked girls to write in about their experiences with their first periods. No one has written in. <laughs> no one has written. Ladies, write in. Tell us about your menarche. <laughs> we asked them to write in calligraphy. Yeah, about with, their periods with <laughs> their menstrual blood. Menstrual blood. And yeah. not one person not has done one that. Fucking person. Why are we doing this? So this is brilliant. This, this is great. By the way, this is not the single mix. This is the album mix, which starts with that slow fade the up. The single mix is, there's not as much. You gotta yeah, get not right into yeah, it. Get, People's attention spans, are you kidding me? Well, great especially video these too. days. Great video for this. They're on the rooftop. Where the roof has no top. And then kick it. Still, when you go see them and they play this, oh, exciting! Give me a break! It's so great! Give me a break! Give me a break! We don't have the we rights don't, to we that. Don't have break that. me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar by Menon. So you would have to agree, Scott, that this is a more fully realized sound. Hey, than I don't have to that, agree with than anything. Unforgettable fire. Well, that's. Uh, are you like, talking? This is so much more confident. Well. And well, I'll, I'll talk about my how I feel about the record. This is obviously you're, you want to make a case for this being a classic. Yes, I don't think there's really any denying that this is a classic, it's a classic. album. I'll, I'll give it that. You'll give it that, Harris. Yeah, it has to be considered. Let's go to track number two and see what we what we've got there. Look, this album. You talk about front loading. Yeah, this album is front loaded. Their four biggest hits. Of all time. Of all time are the first four, well, their first three. What are, are they? You have Where the Streets Have No Name, we just heard. Mm-hmm. Then you go to track two. A little trivia here that I noticed stoned yeah. as a teenager. What would you say the first instrument played on this song is? The one going guitar? Okay, but turn the volume way up and see if you can hear a different instrument leading into that way back in the mix. You want me to go to the... Uh, In back, this song? Yeah, back to the beginning. It's a kazoo. Did you hear Oh, you it? hear boom. Yeah, boom. there's a drum sound. Oh, interesting. Way back in the, in the... When I discovered that as a stoned 15-year-old... Did you just get fucking rock hard? Did you whip out your dick <laughs> and just like splooge everywhere? Yeah. Bono, if you're listening, <laughs> we love you. We want to hear from you. We're going to talk about hard dicks with you. <laughs> Hit us up. And get us some fucking t-shirts. Hey, Bono, what's the hardest your dick has ever been? Oh we want to we in, talk about in it. In length or um, like hey, You're not extra. Bono. <laughs> I didn't say, hey, Harris. <laughs> but I will say, hey, By Harris. By the way, Harris, Scott, this is as good a time as any to, to tell Harris and the world about our plan mm-hmm. that in one of our episodes, we're hoping to sit down with we you hope, too and interview them. We hope to interview them. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. <laughs> <laughs> we hope to because look. How close gonna, are you guys to that? They're going to be out there doing the rounds. Look, Adam Scott. Yeah. By the way, my co-host Scott over there, he's a big Hollywood actor. Yeah. You and know what I mean? best friends with The Edge. So that's got to be that's, I, ha- I did of. meet The Edge once. Yeah. Where? At a party. What, whose party? Where? The Vanity Fair Oscar party okay. in 2002. Were they up for an award? The Hands That Built America. Okay, that I, shitty we song actually have, that shitty um, movie. <laughs> we have audio of that. Do you want me to play it? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Oh, hey, The. Uh, can I call you The? It's nice to meet you. I lie, mate. 
And I... Hey, man, I'm just a really big fan. Did you know there's, like, a drum sound at the beginning of that one fucking song? <laughs> oh, I, I did not. I didn't know that. I guess someone was asleep at the wheel when it came to that intro. That's all we have from that. Um, first of all, how did you obtain that audio? Secondly, are you wearing a wire? Not that far off <laughs> from the conversation that went. Did down. you have a conversation? We talked. By the way, maybe it's time to start um, our other podcast. I love films. Let's see, hear a little bit of that. Sure. Hey, welcome to I Love Films. This is Scott. Hey, this is this is Scott, and, and I love Scott. films. I love films. Uh, hello. We were we talking have a about special guests here today. Uh, yeah, this Trundlebed. is Trundlebed. Jenkins. Trundlebed Jenkins. Jenkins. We were talking about the conversation, and which led me into I love films. Mm-hmm. We're Con- having a conversation about. We someone mentioned the word conversation. It just reminded me I love films because oh, yeah. I love to converse about them. Oh, I thought it reminded you of the film The Conversation. I also love. No, I've never I, seen. I, I love the movie The Con- <laughs> I love the movie The Conversation. Can I just say something about Francis Ford Coppola? Yeah. He is a master. You know what films I like? I like, look, I like films like Citizen Kane. I like films like The Godfather. But I like films like Apocalypse Now as well when I want to get a little wild. You know, the 1970s were just a boon for American filmmaking. I mean, we had Scorsese. We had Coppola. We had... Hitchcock. This has been that episode. All right, welcome yeah, back. That was pretty good. <laughs> welcome back to you you talking you two to me. Hey, you know what? I feel like we need to take a break before we get but into Did we this. talk sure. you two to me? Yeah, we've talked about the, the uh what is it? The I Joshua to, Tree? I we're going to take go. a we're going to take a break. So <laughs> Harry, so you can go take a shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's been holding up his phone. <laughs> Says, Listen, I the have words, to take, I have a, to take shit. a shit. He didn't even type it into it. It's just on his phone all the time. I gotta go write your fucking show, and I'm getting shit about me shitting. I got, I don't you, got a shit. I don't shit. You don't shit. Hey, girls out there who are interested in Harris, ladies, he shits. I don't shit, and when I do, you better believe it comes out of my butthole with and liquidy hot snakes. <laughs> All right, this is you talking you two to me. The comprehensive and encyclopedic compendium of all things you two. We got to take a break. We'll be right back with Scott. We'll be right back with Hair Dog. You never hear guys talking about how they don't shit to girls. <laughs> we'll talk more about that. And we'll, oh, we got to catch up on Harry Potter. We'll be right back. Guys, Scott Ackerman here. By now you know about Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. Look, you know about it. Let's Should we just stop talking about it? But no, because you might not know that they have the greatest designs, the most constantly improving features, and the most beautiful style options on the web. What's that? You do know that? Well... You probably then don't know that every Squarespace plan is fully able to support commerce functionality. What does that mean? It means you and all of you can now begin selling your products online. That's right. Get a little spending cash, a little walking around money, a little lettuce for your tomato. 
Are you not a Squarespace customer yet? That is the wisdom of a fool. You can start your free trial with no credit card required at squarespace.com. And when, not if, but when you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure you use the offer code BONO. You'll get 10% off and you'll let them know that we sent you. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional website. Hey, this is you talking you two to me, which, by the way, Harris, do a, a lot of chatter on the net about should it be you two talking you two to me because we're two guys and the play on Sounds YouTube? funnier. It he, does. Adam, but then Scott I think over there doesn't more think More so. syllables is always funnier. You two talking you two to me? But I think it starts me? drifting away from you talking to me if it's you, talking you two, two talking to me? you two to me. Yeah, that's true. I don't well, know. We'll never you figure You talking it out. you two to me? You talking mm. you two to me? Um, also, I'll do you th- call you guys later. Okay. Also, do you think our 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 main branding logo should be uh, a picture of Scott and I from like like taxi driver like looking into the mirror where the original quote came from, or the record cover to Rattle and Hum with our faces on the guys? Or something different. Those are the only two options. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> the Do only you know two what we the cover of Rattle and Hum look like. Isn't it the cover of Rattle and Hum? You guys popping out of, of, <laughs> of the Bono's, edges, butthole. But, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Bono's. Can we just hole. be serious for a second? Yeah. Do you know what the cover of Rattle and Hum looks like? I just told you what I thought it was. No, that's not it. It's not it in the least. It's not the two of you guys popping out of the edges butthole. No, I think the cover of <laughs> Rattle and Hum is going to infuriate you. Well, oh, wait, I, I can bring it? it up. I can yeah. bring it up. Oh, wait, it's over here. Who's that? And the she, Edge? Who's that loser? That's the Edge playing the blues, and you got Bono shining a big light on him. Oh, that's him. Which he, is, does, he runs their lights? <laughs> yeah, he's the Chris Caruda of YouTube. He's the fifth member. I wonder if... Larry Mullen and Adam Clayton were like, hey, guys. Hey, guess uh, what? Guess who is also in this band? Right. You didn't remember his name, or were you doing a bit earlier? I was acting. That was amazing. And thank you very much. Can I just say that Adam Scott, you should come sometimes I don't know when he's acting or when he's reacting right. and when he's not acting or right. when he's lying, when he's telling the truth. You know, it's all about reacting. I mean, you know, actors that kind of like get in there and showboat and stuff, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's big you know, time. It's, you know. it's exhausting. It's all about the other person. You just keep your eyes on the other person. But when the other person is someone like Amy Poehler, who's a true pro, a professional. A professional You uh, can't actress. help but want to give to her and let her shine. Sure. Listen, I'm all about um, kind of seeding and letting the other person have their moment. But let then, them flourish. You know, Take your it, own moments, it's all though, give, sometimes. It's, it's about give and take. It's about sharing the spotlight. It's which is trust. what they did, which is what you two did. Look at Bono. He's, he's sharing sh- that spotlight. He's sharing it yeah. with the edge. But yeah. not the other two guys. That's, well, I mean, that's part of the problem. Hey, you ever get a guy on Parks like that who's like, hey, I brought my own spotlight. I'm going to shine it on you, but not Amy? Yeah, Nick Offerman. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. And, I mean, he'll be the first to tell you. That he brings his own that spotlight? Yeah. He literally And then he's like, you want to see my spotlight? And he whips out his dick. Yeah. And it's <laughs> a spotlight. Crazy. Yeah. That is crazy. People in England would call it a torch. Did you see that thing on Reddit, the guy with two dicks, that finally 
<laughs> finally? What? <laughs> I can't think of a thing that a guy with two dicks would finally do. Came he, to our attention. He, oh, is there really a, other than fuck two girls at the thing? same time? It's a real thing. It's crazy looking. We looked at it in the writer's room. It's pretty cool, guys. He doesn't ask me anything, and he answers all he the questions you have in your mind. Did he ever fuck a girl or yes. two girls at the same time? Yes. And? He, and he uh, sometimes it hurts when <laughs> cum comes out of the other one. His words, not mine. Uh-huh. But he, donut, huh? he's also bisexual, so he's had gay and straight sex at the same time. Mm-hmm. One in the pink, two, one in the sting. <laughs> how how oh, is Jesus. the world just how, how how have we not heard about this guy before? Uh, apparently, one out of five point five million humans are afflicted with what's called diphalia. Afflicted, double. Or I'd gifted. love it. Well, no, because it's got to go into both. It's, it's hard to wear pants. I got a picture of it right here, guys. Let me check it out. <laughs> did you um, did you Google two hot dogs, one bun? What did you Google to get that picture? And why is it on Rolling I, I Stone? With two did you really? And it yeah. showed you two hot dogs. Yeah. Uh, we got send that picture over to to Brett if you would. We are grossly off topic. We're <laughs> no, we're not. We're talking about you too, guys. <laughs> okay, Bono, if you're listening. These are the cut. We need 90 minutes of your Hi, time. Bono. We need to know how many penises you have. You could be one. Look, you're one in a million as far as I'm concerned. Maybe you're one in 5.5 million. We're, we're going to ask them for an interview, so just keep it to the T-shirts. I have a video of Bono's revealing his two dicks. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, you want to see Why didn't it? you bring it in? I did. Oh, okay. Let's see it. Hello, the edge. Oh, can I see you in my dressing room for one minute? I lie. What is it, Bono? I'm trying to do my stretches before the shy. Is this n- is this normal to you, love? Love. <laughs> oh, those things gonna soak themselves. <laughs> Jesus! <laughs> turn off the video. Turn off. Is this turn the, it off. Is this the picture you guys saw in the writers' room of the two? <laughs> the two t- <laughs> I think he, Adam just showed us a picture of Easter Island, two of the statues. Um, wait. Did you just type the number two into Is this it? That, is that is it. Oh, okay. Put yeah. that away. Bono, if you got two of them, we want to know. That Look. is crazy. It is. You sh- the crazy part is- Two dicks. Yeah. Read this AMA. It's amazing. It's fascinating. All right. Let's get is back. Is that the guy? He hasn't revealed his uh, face. I'm waiting. Patiently, <laughs> you can't wait. Impatiently. Uh, let's get back to you two. <laughs> Stop showing us pictures of sausages. That's two sausages. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You okay. two. So, okay. So we've, we've listened to. We've listened to one song off the Joshua Tree. I feel like we covered it. Let's talk to Harris. <laughs> no, wait. We listened to Where the Streets Have, have No Name. name. Oh, a little bit of I Still. We yeah. heard that fucking drum that you're so proud of. <laughs> All right, so let's hear from Harris because I feel like when Harris gets out of here, Harris has to go after he talks about you too. Right. Yeah. Then we'll get back to talking more okay, about okay, what okay. we're interested in. Like, where were you when you bought the record? Yeah. All these details we we did in in the last two episodes right. that we're not getting into because Harris is sitting here judging us because Harris. I- much to our chagrin, you are not a fan of you two, and you want to talk about. I just think they're it. a little cheesy. I have like cheesy little... how. 
well, <laughs> already defensive. <laughs> their old stuff is seems very stuck in its time to me. Just like what? the effects of the of the instruments and stuff. Like what stuff? You, by the way, this sounds like an argument between people going out who are like, like what stuff? Yeah, like asking yeah. for details yeah. before the person has like, even finished right, right, like, right, right. Well, fucking let me get to it. I don't uh, fucking tell you basketball is stupid. <laughs> but there are so many different periods. What, what stuff is the most dated to you, would you say? Like uh, war and... Here's the thing. I don't... Yeah, like... You don't know that much about it. I don't know that much about them. So I like Sunday Bloody Sunday. their old shit. I like those two songs. And then their new shit, like Bono just seems like an insane person at this point who's just like all he, he's he's literally just an ego at this like he he's he is not a human anymore. He's just like I'm God. Look at me. Here's my money, Africa. Did you see what I've done, world? I'm fixing AIDS. Here is my hat. <laughs> Which by the way, <laughs> Why hasn't he fixed AIDS, number one? Number two, his hat, you were saying before we started the show. He mailed it. He left it behind. You and keep he saying he mailed it. it. That's not but what he no, did. That's the your, he your second it. word of your goddamn sentence. He flew it first class to meet him where he was, and they strapped his hat. Where did you hear? Because I heard this story, too. Where did you hear that story? He forgot his hat somewhere. Yeah, and they and he was like, "I need the pink one with leopard stripes, love no, it leopard wasn't. stripes." He said, <laughs> "What a weirdo!" <laughs> so no, he forgot his hat. It was probably that fucking coal miner's hat or whatever he wore, right? Or wasn't it like rattle and hum period? So it was like a cowboy hat. Yeah, something it was like rattle that. hum period. So it was like a spotlight hat. Yeah, some <laughs> dumb, some dumb hat that he used to wear. He forgets it. Where's he forget it? Where's he like he in a leaves bar? It, yeah, let's say at a, actually at a hotel because they were on tour and okay. they were flying a long distance, like a twelve hour flight. Are they on the Vertigo plane? Like transoceanic. How long have they had the Vertigo plane, Adam? Uh, since like the early seventies. Yeah. Anyways, cut to so he mails his hat. <laughs> he doesn't mail it. He every buy, time you've told this story. Cut to buy an iPod. <laughs> Uno, dos, tres, catorce. Not into it. I'm just not into it. Okay, but talk so wait, about is more- the stuff you think is dated like the stuff from like Octung Baby, like when they went a little dancey? What, which album? Octung Baby. If you play it, I could be. Okay, let me play some. This is not the topic of this Octung Baby we're going to get to. We're going to. Draw in our next. Uh, color a little outside the lines today because we have a guest here. And I should also say, Sunday, Sunday Bloody Sunday is a great song. Mm-hmm. This is even better than the real thing from Octong. Baby! He's always, always pretending like he's going to start. Like going, yeah. instead of just starting? Yeah. Most songs don't start with lyrics immediately. I would say it all. It's very one percent. It's all very Breakfast Club soundtracky, and I get it because Breakfast I, Club soundtracky. But this is like because I grew this up. This is eight six years, years after, later. Yeah, eight seven years after Breakfast Club. Well, it feels like that to me. Feels like eighties to you. Yeah. This is one. You when was that made? Nineteen ninety-one. All right, so yeah, it just feels stuck in that time, but that's fine because I like stuff stuck in when I grew up too mm-hmm. so I get it what so about you, this song does this sound stuck in a time 
Yeah, very much so. This just reminds you of the 90s because you were a kid. You were a that's little boy. That's probably why, yeah. So it's a lot of nostalgia for you guys, and that's okay. So yeah. you would say if and you were... For if me, you would... I was like seven, so I was like, this is like... This is a adult. This is like adult contemporary. If you heard this, if you had never heard this record before, and you heard it for the first time now, you yeah. would say, "Oh, that it sounds like the '90s," or you just yeah. remember it from I, the '90s. Pro- I would actually probably say this song sounds like very '90s. This song sounds not '90s. This one though, <laughs> I put on mysterious ways. That is, that sounds '90s. Very '90s. Uh, here we go. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and I like fish. We have, by the way, if you're a U2 fan and you're listening to this and you don't know who Harris is, Harris is a ridiculous person who likes the band Fish. So everything he's saying is suspect. And it's almost like if someone ever lies in court, you can't trust anything they ever say ever again in right. court. It's almost like that. We can't trust anything you say. But I also really like Wilco. And I like the Pixies, and I like... What do you think of the new Pixies, EP2? I really like that song, um, Green and Blue or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know that one? I like mm-hmm. that single they put out. I didn't get the EP. Bag Boy? I believe it's called Bag Boy. It came out over the summer. I the saw summer. them at the Mayan Well, a new one came out. Uh, but then they they got rid of that girl, too. They got rid of Kim Shattuck, and now and it's... And she was great, I thought. That was, was very she good? Surprising. And now it's the, uh, the bassist who I, I met once who I really liked from A Perfect Circle. Yeah. She was good. Yeah. Uh, See, I think that from that album, I would say Mysterious Ways maybe sounds dated, but I think it sounds dated because it was so influential and so a little bit. I will say Mysterious Ways kind of you know when you listen sounded to... like Jesus Jonesy a yes. little bit. Yes. I was way. never the hugest Mysterious Ways fan. But I'll... then I'll listen to like um, uh, I don't know. Everything is stuck in its in its time. Well, that's the thing. You if you don't want something to be stuck in its time, never put anything out. That's These guys true. have to put out records. Otherwise, how are they going to sell records? Like if when you listen to Genesis or something, like those drums very cheesy to me. Mm-hmm. Like the. But that. But they but can't just I know, sit around but, but not ever releasing is, it. But just like comedy or anything. Do you think? Do you think Harris? You sh- I that, think Zeppelin actually managed to not sound old somehow to me. Okay. Do you think bands should put out the same record every year and just update the sound of it so that it doesn't? Great idea. Interesting question. That's a great idea. But. The yeah. The bottom line is that's the shit they were using then. It sounds like it and. I move on with my art. See, I, I like new stuff. I think that that, uh, and I read an Elvis Costello quote that he wrote in the liner notes of some of his reissues about how when he started using the keyboard, he, it was a Fairlight or something that every other band used in 1985. His record started to sound dated because yeah. every other band in the world got this keyboard it was just released yeah they all used every sound on it and before then his records sounded kind of timeless because yeah. it was just instruments and they weren't doing any they weren't chasing any kind yeah, of but trend he's using very like temporary of the now yeah and he regrets it and i think that they are guilty of that a lot and listen i don't listen to a lot of them well, so here's just the based thing. Based on the hits, what I've heard on MTV when I was growing up. Here's the thing: is I think that the stuff that was influencing them for Octoon Baby when they like 
reinvented themselves was all very of the moment all that like manchester kind of those, those bands of dance music they sort of took those influences and then used their instruments to make the music for the most part but so yeah they th- sometimes used other people's instruments look yeah. they borrowed instruments a lot oh they were notorious for borrowing instruments and they would always have to. borrow it but never give it back right. to that's the thing hey bono give back the instruments and a couple shirts huh yeah hey, <laughs> t-shirts t-shirts but so but then you all kind of their public image seems to annoy you as well Let's talk about yeah. Bono himself. It's hard to not get to that level and not become a monster, the most powerful like musician in the world. He, he, it, happened, got, it happens to literally every one of them. During uh, the making of The Joshua Tree, the album we're talking about right now, yeah, extensively, um, Bono is a 25 to 27-year-old man. Yes. Okay, he basically goes from being in a pretty popular alternative band to hanging out with Keith Richards, Mm -hmm. hanging out with the – and being a peer. Yeah, and he's young. Bob Delon as well. He hung out with Bob Delon. Yeah, Rob Zimmerman. Who who, who are you saying? Bob Delon. Dylon. Oh, Bob Dylon. Dylon. Bob Dylon. Bob Dylon. Stick him, ha ha ha, like a Rolling Stone boy. Hey, so he's he's this young dude. Yeah. Meanwhile, he's hanging out with guys who are probably what ten to fifteen years his senior, mm-hmm. who are legends. He's yeah. being called the legend himself. He's going out on tour on all these like, uh, you know, these uh, sort of charity charity tours that they were doing, Amnesty, or like, Amnesty, all this kind of stuff. He's going to El Salvador. Right. Mexico. He's going to Mexico. He's probably going to Cancun a couple of times mm-hmm. where that's they filmed the real Cancun with Snoop Dogg. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. He probably took a vacation once. Is that that reality show movie? Yeah. That yeah. It, I saw it in the theater. Was it good? It was great. It looked it, Wait, good. is this I Love Films? It was really good. Because I'm yeah. confused at this point. <laughs> no, no. This oh, okay. was a tangent. And okay, you You two talking to YouTube YouTube. About YouTube. Okay, so, so he's just a young guy and he's hanging out with all these people. All of a sudden, he starts... And I, I'm with you, Harris. Yeah. Because he starts getting a swelled head. Yeah. Uh, I was reading the Wikipedia page on the Joshua Tree today, and up till now, I've enjoyed everything about this podcast because we've been listening to some high quality rock and roll. Yeah. Uh, music. Uh, music. And um, but I w- then I started to read. Uh, just a little bit about the Joshua Tree, and I read this story about what uh, Bono got back from El Salvador, mm-hmm. and he wrote the song "Bullet the Blues Guy," and he said to the Edge, he's quoted in this as saying, "Put all of El Salvador through your amplifier." <laughs> Basically, a command telling, and and that is the kind of sentence that he started saying all the time. Mm-hmm. Which fucking annoys. Sure, to a, to a guy named The Edge. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> look, if you're a guy named The Edge, you're not going to complain too much. Here's my thing about all of this. and it's, We're kind of leapfrogging and going to the we'll rattle go back, and hum. We'll go back to okay. Joshua no, Tree. No, and I, feel like I fly off the handle. The, I mean, the rattle and hum slash annoying things about you 2 yeah. section is, I think, with a band like this, 
And same with the Beatles, too. Like, you have to be bombastic. You have to... Get attention. Wear it on your sleeve. Mm -hmm. In order to get the, the greatness, you have to be that person and then you, a lot of bad is going to come with that too yeah. or annoying to a lot of people but the stuff that does stick it can't be reached without putting it all out there and That's without a being point. a little bombastic but I'm not gonna I don't like that I like my people down to earthy right so you prefer bands where people are just like normal dudes yeah I don't th- see I think rock and roll music by the way Please eat those right into the microphone, Adam. <laughs> he was. <laughs> um, I think rock and roll, like David Bowie, you don't want him to be a normal dude. But it's, you know what? Look, Fish wrote a song called David is, Bowie. You know, a everyone one? is a normal dude. <laughs> he was he, one of the young dudes. He's one true. of all of them. That's true. Don't I like, I, it's, it's a fair point. And I like, I love Wilco and it's a little silly to me. Stuff like that too. But I also like going to a stadium and seeing. A spectacle. A spectacle. You're not going to see Wilco, and and I love Wilco. I've seen them many times. You're not going to see Wilco at the Rose Bowl do the things U2 does. Like when you go see a U2 show, it is a huge spectacle, and you're not going to see Wilco do it because they're going to stand there and play. Like at most, he's going to like raise his fist at one point and get someone to cheer. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like they're just normal dudes. Yeah. You, You can't achieve... Something like the 360 tour, which had that those crazy... Which was maybe too much. It's too much. But what I'm saying is, at some point, Bono's got to be the guy going, hey, what if we got fucking huge LED movie screens that moved yeah. and, you know, and so, you know, I mean, someone's got to think that big, right? There was some, there was something about that show, even though I thought it was like a little overblown and stuff there was something about it where that place that that stadium was so huge and those there was a moment in the show where they were playing some song i forget what it was but and every we were all stoned but at the same time i was also like wow just for a song there it felt like it felt like we were in a small place. It felt intimate for, for a moment. It wasn't like a slow, intimate song either. It was just they used all the technology and the stagecraft so effectively that they actually forged connections with <clears throat> 100,000 people. There was something like – there's something behind it that's more interesting than let's just get 100,000 people yeah. a night. Sometimes they're – on that tour, they were just trying to like, hey, we got to – if we're going to fill the Rose Bowl, we got to do something huge. Yeah. And sometimes with like the Pop Mart tour with them going out on the Lemon and all that kind of stuff, it's like, look, we got to fill a stadium. Yeah. Let's do something fucking crazy. That, so was, that was one of the bigger missteps. Yeah. But that said, Bono, he's got to be this outsized character in order to achieve and scale yeah, those I heights. Get it. That's fine. Listen, they're a great band. They're my favorite. <laughs> Wait, you two is Whoa. your favorite band? Wow, did we <laughs> yeah. turn you around? Yeah. What? I think those were great points, and I love them, and they're my favorite band. Okay, well, thanks, Harris. Thank you for having great. me. Hey, you've been a great guest. I have to go. Okay, I get it. All right. And sure. This was great. Glad we and could convince you. This yeah. is fantastic. So wow. thanks. All right. That well, was weirdly easy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, we got to take a break. Yeah. When we come back, Scott and I are going to be talking more in detail about the Joshua Tree. I look forward to that, Scott. All right, Scott. Thanks, Harris. Thanks, All right, guys. come on back. We'll be right back. 
Hey, everyone, a big shout out to our favorite men's clothing brand, Bonobos, B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com, of course. They're sponsoring the show today. I love Bonobos. I rub Bonobos clothes against my body when I put them on. It's almost impossible to put on clothing without rubbing it up against your body. So it's not weird at all. I love Bonobos. I want you to experience what I have with Bonobos. Let me explain what they are. They're a men's apparel company that has an amazing line of clothes. All right. They have everything from, gosh, wash chinos to, I don't know, denim. Uh, They got sweaters. Oh, they have casual shirts. But then they also have suits, dress shirts, blazers. Look, I promise your clothes will fit you better and you will feel more comfortable than anything you've ever worn before. Anything. They are your ticket to upping your style game. So go over to Bonobos.com. That's B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com. They're offering our listeners a special deal. Use the code EDGE, as in the EDGE, David the EDGE Evans, that is, (laughs) to get 20% off your first purchase, okay? The code is EDGE. That's a 20% discount, and you get free shipping and great customer service. Log on to B-O-N-O-B-O-S.com to start shopping. Welcome back. We are talking you two on you talking you two to me, and um, this is your co-host Scott, and I'm here with your co-host Scott. And uh, uh, Harris just left, and I felt like we got wildly off topic for the last. Although I have to say, like it was pretty satisfying turning him around. U2 is now his favorite band. To get a new fan like that, and merely because of our efforts here. That's got to feel good for you, too. That's what it's all about, is fans for these these big rock. No matter how big you are, you still... The money's not important anymore. No. Hey, how many Bosquiats can we buy? Right. You know? The answer? How many Ferraris can I rebuild? Sure. <laughs> Personally. <laughs> With hand. my hands. Yeah. And my feet. Uh, so that's got to feel good to Bono. So, Bono, look, I we know you're listening... You just heard us convert a fan. If you want to make another fan, we got to have you on the show. We got to get you on. And bring bring a couple t-shirts. I thought you were going to say bring the edge. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind the edge. I thought you bring by. us to the edge of anticipation for the t-shirts. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. So look. I want those t-shirts. I know you do. I know you do. All right. Let, we, we got off topic. We got to delve into the Joshua okay, Tree. Okay. Let's, let's do this because this is a great album. Okay. Let's talk about the Joshua Tree. First of all, released March 9, 1987. Okay. I am a, I guess I'm a, yeah, I'm a 16-year-old boy at this point, almost 17. I'm, I'm in. a 13-year-old boy at this point. I'm in my junior year of high school. Um, released on LP, cassette, still on 8-track, and huh. CD. Wow. What would you guess is the final record of U2's that was released on 8-track? This one. No, Rattle and Hum? Rattle and Hum is their final Jesus. 8-track. People still buying 8-tracks in 1988. That's crazy. 
It's, or at least enough people that they put it out. In but they that didn't format. put Achtung, Bebe, Bebe! on 8-track? They did not, no. Uh, okay, so Joshua Tree, it comes out. Uh, this, I'm a 16-year-old guy now, mm-hmm. okay? This was, uh, if you'll recall, before the record came out, what's the first single? The first single is... Uh, I just hit, right. I just hit my ankle on the chair. It's That's okay. uh, it. I'll give you a hint. Boom, 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 oh, it's boom, with boom, 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 Smart boom, move. Sitting on the dock of the bay, watching the tide away. One thing these guys are really good at is that first single. The fr- well, except for get on your boots. Boots. That was a bad move. With or without you, by the way, not what you would think would be the first single given Pride was such a big hit. Like, you know what I mean? With or without you is a pretty small song. I know, but they were so smart because they knew that was a hit. It's an an enormous hit. Number one single, right? Their first number one. Well, I can tell you that information in just one second. Let me look that up. I, I have Wikipedia, by the way, at the ready. We have uh, with or without you. Do you mean U.S.? Yes. Uh, with or without you, U.S. Number one single. Number, number f- one with a bullet. Number four in the U.K. Should we put that on just to? Yeah, let's talk about with or without you just a little bit. Oh, I'm all. I'm back on the Aktung baby. This is a great. With or without you is a great song. We're all a little sick of it by now. I'm sure the guys in the band are very sick of it. Here's it's my. Great. It's a beautiful song. By yes. the way, if you ever sing it at karaoke, everyone will sing along with you. You'll be like, hey, shut up. This is my song. Right. It's annoying. Yeah. So, this is the first single. Comes out before the record Monster Smash. Monster Smash. Uh, Hulk Smash. Hulk Smash. Like Ed Norton Hulk Smash or Mark Ruffalo Hulk Smash? I'm more of a Norton guy. All right. um, this comes out, and here's here's my recollection of what happened. They're touring. Okay, the album isn't even out yet, but they it's announced that they're going to tour. I think I feel like they must have played someplace like the Forum, or it was it was definitely a uh, an arena, an arena. Um, I have grown up all my life hearing about people staying up all night. Uh, and in line for concert tickets. Yeah. I decide this is going to be the time that I do that. Yeah. Uh, I convince my parents, look, let me remind you, I'm 16 years old at this point. Sweet 16, well, to be honest, I'd been kissed before, but not much else, if you know what I mean. Okay. You hadn't gotten to first or second base. Well, first base, I think, is a kiss. You haven't shoved your fist down a set of panties yet. (laughs) I mean, look- I'm not going to tell tales out of school, but my fist went to a few places. Hmm. Okay. I fisted quite a few things at Because this usually point. people start fisting at around 16. <laughs> I fisted a little early, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, I'm 16. My parents, they say, you want to what? Yeah. And then I explain the whole situation, just as I did before. Sure. I want to stay up all night. I want to get tickets to U2. Something about U2 
is okay for them. And they go, you know what? You go ahead and do it. They they figure out I'm going to go where? The Great Western Forum? <laughs> no, to buy the tickets. Oh, Ticketmaster? Where? You you too? Where? You did it so perfectly on the last episode. I went to where? The concert? <laughs> the warehouse. Oh, the warehouse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The warehouse was the place for everything. Music they had ticket. Yeah, they had ticket Ticketmaster there. Okay, so that was the closest Ticketmaster to me. Okay, so <laughs> that was a great moment I love in podcasting how history. That went. <laughs> okay, so the warehouse. Yeah. Now, to be smart, what should I have done? In retrospect, I should have gone to whatever the arena is. And, okay. and spent the night out there. Instead, I go, hey, you know what? I'm going to go down the street to the local warehouse. Yeah. Now, um, we got the great idea, me and my friends, that we were going to do this. We They go on sale at 10 a.m. probably. Yeah. What time do you think you should get there if you're going to spend all night and be like right up there? Oh, uh, midnight? We got there probably at like 9 p.m. or something. Okay. There's probably 30 people in line ahead. Wow, really? This is how big U2 is. Okay, that's crazy. There's like 30. So people. this is before the album's out. It's album's just not even the out. Single, just the single. Damn. People, I remember. Someone, so let's yeah. let's just track this for a second. So, Unforgettable Fire was a big album. It was big. Pride in the Name of Love was really big. Okay, so they. I were, did not get to see that tour. I was too young. I was a they were boy. playing arenas for. Unforgettable Fire was big enough to start booking him in arenas. I believe they started arenas. Live Aid happens. They become huge. Okay. He starts hanging out with Keith Richards yeah. and all these people. They're now basically, I think they're on the cover of Rolling Stone as this comes out. Like okay. they are hyped to yeah. be the biggest band in the world. Yeah. I think, you know, music people probably heard this record, knew it was going to be yeah. huge. Uh, that's why they got such a push. This song is great, but you know, without radio playing it, you got nothing. So I yeah. think radio was like, let's get on board. Yeah, they're all set. Everyone's primed. We're all out there. There's 30 people in front of me. Some guy in his Volkswagen Bug is listening to K Rock or something. The song comes on. He turns it all the way up so everyone in the parking lot can hear it. Great moment. We're all Fun. excited. Yeah, Fun stuff. Um, the morning comes. I don't know, first of all, that 30 people in front of you is not good if you, like, why bother? Yeah. Why bother staying up all night? Just come back at 10 a.m. Like, uh, there's no point to it. Oh, I'm so afraid of what's going to happen here. 30 people in front of me, and I'm not even at the venue. I'm at a rogue yeah. ticket master at where? The concert? <laughs> I'm at the warehouse in right. Cypress, California. Um, we finally get up. We get our tickets. Uh, it, their nosebleed. Oh, okay. At least you got tickets. We though. got tickets. We did get tickets, but they were because the show did sell out. So yeah. we were like, we got tickets. But guess what? They added like three shows. Oh. You know, and they add them. By the, the way, I'm not. Day. I'm not saying Adam. No, I I understand. If I were to be I addressing thought... you, I would say Scott. Right. They add them. Like the next day. I was talking to you. Oh, sorry. Hey. Yeah. This podcast is going great. Yeah, I think it's good. I just want to know, like, how do we get the t-shirts? No, get the fucking t-shirts, okay? Like, I need, like, I want, a, 
like a t-shirt. I just want one that says U2 on it. Yeah, I want a U2 t-shirt. Like it just says like U2 and so people will know that I like U2. I want, I want to get them like, per, like from the band, from their t-shirt company. From their, yeah, from their t from their, yeah. Do you think we can pull it off? I think there's no better like people. Like I want the t-shirt. Okay, shut, 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 shut up. Okay, Man, okay, shut okay. up. Okay, so they they add the shows. I could have probably gotten better seats if, if I had just if like you waited an hour. Adding, yeah, yeah, you know. But I don't know anything about tickets at this right. point. I since then, it's a little boy. I'm a little boy. Since then, I became really good at at figuring all at that figuring shit out. out all that. But at the time, I didn't. So we have shitty seats, um, and we go. And this is before video screens. Yeah, so they, it was shows. pretty far away. Shitty, yeah, I still enjoyed it, but not. Not as much as I should have. Yeah. Like when you think about, oh man, I'm going to stay up all night. It should yeah. have been like, oh man, I, I'd love to be in the yeah. pit. Okay, so you, this is the first record that you heard from them. Yeah, I remember there was a guy in my junior high school PE class. I believe his name was Chris Dusa. Physical really, education. Really nice guy. But I remember at the time I didn't really know him, and I and I think he had written "U2" on his sneakers. <laughs> like in that the rubber part on your Converse, like this part. Was it Converse or Vans? They were Converse. Okay. Listen, I'm telling the fucking story. Hey, I think I remember what kind of shoes the I, I'm Chris Dusa was. Sorry, wearing. man, but I got to check. You've already lied on this podcast. Okay. <sighs> what did I lie about, by the way? You lied about that fake YouTube website Fuck. in our last episode. Episode. So, and I remember him saying. Um, I was like, what is, you must really like that band or I don't know. And he's You're like, 13 at this point, 13. And like, I was giving him shit about it. And he's like, yeah, you too. That's their the cool. Joshua tree. Yeah. And then it wasn't until that summer we were on a summer of 87. Seven? Okay. I was on a trip with my family to. Now you were married and had kids at this point. Yeah. 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 Um, we were in Boston and my brother had. The Joshua Tree, and we listened to it on that trip. So anyway, now I remember my brother saying, "Yeah, these guys are old. They're like, <laughs> they're like all almost thirty. Like uh, they've been around for a long time." Which, by the way, they were not. They were like in their mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. twenty seven, right at the time. And we already established on our first episode, only ten years older than I, and thirteen older years older than you. Seriously? Yeah, that's crazy. It's crazy. So. So I think I got the cassette of Joshua Tree or whatever. Not the A-track. Um, no, I'm not a fucking farmer. Um, <laughs> Farmers like Farmers? A-tracks? I have never heard that stereotype before. Um, but yeah, I I just um, got really into it. Um, but I think that now listening to it, it is like what Harris was saying about them feeling of their sounding like really stuck in whatever time. I think that's more just Harris not really knowing um, their stuff. I would say maybe Zuropa and just like little stretches of Octoon Baby. But and other, pop. And pop, oh, for sure. Yeah. But Joshua Tree is, I think, absolutely timeless. I don't know a yeah. track on that album that even sounds 80s. It, I think what my point is, is he hears it, remembers the 80s when right. he hears it and just thinks that because he said that about one and there really isn't anything about no. one that is 90s he mentioned Simple Minds which we can just do a brief sidebar on the bands that are sort of were sort of 
hyped as the yeah. next U2. Yeah. Okay, we got Simple Minds was yep. compared to U2 a lot. In yes. fact, they went on those amnesty tours a lot. Uh-huh. You have The Alarm. The Alarm. Which kind of copied U2 fix a little bit, although they had more keyboards. The Alarm sort of copied U2 even by calling their guitarist... Um, what was he called? He was called, uh, oh man, let me, I'm going to look it up here. But, um, he was called, oh, Wikipedia, come on. Did he have some weird name? Yeah, it was like The Edge, but it was, uh. The Precipice? <laughs> What's this got? Uh, Dave Sharp, but what was he known as? Oh, okay, first of all, their drummer was just Twist. Oh, God. His real name is Nigel Twist, but they just called him Twist. Of but Dave, course. Dave Sharp, he was the guitarist, but I feel like he, they called him something silly. Anyway, I'm sorry I don't have this information in front of me. So... But there were some U2 soundalikes who were like, yeah. we're going to be the next U2. We're going to do that sweeping arena rock. And no one had the stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I remember when Midnight Oil's second album came out, Blue Sky Mining, which is actually pretty good. I remember mm-hmm. everyone saying, this is their Joshua Tree. They're going to be fucking huge. Mm-hmm. And then it tanked. And all you got is, bam, 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 beds are burning. But that second album had that couple of those couple good songs that... Remember? By the way, it's not their second album. It's more like their fifth or sixth. Oh, it is? But their second big one, because okay. they had Beds Are Burning and then the, the album after oh, that. Oh, did had. they have albums before yeah, Beds Are Burning? Yeah, they did. Oh, the power and the passion. But now I listen to Midnight Oil, and they have some good songs and stuff, but I'm like, how would anyone ever think they were going to be the next U2? They're kind of how limited. Would, but that's the thing. How does anyone think anything is going to be big? Yeah, I know. You know, it's a crapshoot. I don't know. Let's talk a little bit about the... The Joshua Tree and how it differs from the previous records that we've heard. Yeah. Um, they maybe put on uh, – what's the song after Wither? Oh, you know what? A great song that I listened to on the way here is Red Hill Mining Town. That is a great – let's do, listen to that. This is Red Hill Mining Town. Um, basically, I was reading a little bit about this record, and here's what happens. Now, we talked about their first three records are very – Influenced by Joy Division, yeah. by Susie and the Banshees. They're basically an alternative act. Yeah. They, war, war though, got them to be big. And, yeah. and as we talked about, they could have been the next Who. Yeah. Instead, they take this left turn into a little more ambient right. sounds with the last record. They become huge by basically touring and making those songs, as you said, fleshed them out a little bit live. Yes. They become huge off of Live Aid. They start and known as this indisputably great live act. They start hanging out with people like Keith Richards, and Bono talks about how he's at a party with Keith Richards and and possibly some other big, huge person. Yeah. And they start talking about the blues. Yeah. And Bono basically has no idea what they're talking right. about. Right. He starts to realize all he really knows about music is shit like Susie and the Banshees and right. Joy Division. Right. And that all of you two songs are based on that kind of music. Right. Post-punk. Right. I believe I heard a story where he was like, they passed him a guitar and he was, and they said, play something. And he was like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He didn't know how to play guitar. And he didn't know how to play like. 
a, a John song. Lee Hooker. Oh, he didn't even know how to play guitar. No, I think he. But all of U two songs were like studio based. Right. Like right. he doesn't know how to do that stuff. The Edge does. Right. So he was like, I have no idea how to play right. a song. So he started feeling embarrassed that like all these big people that he looks up to have all these influences that he has no idea yeah. what they're about. So he decides to make a record that is Americana. Right. That immerses himself into Americana. He starts hanging out with the the, uh, the Water Boys, who are making their sort yeah. of uh, Americana mixed with Irish awesome. music uh, record. And he starts going, okay, this is popular to do sort of four lads from Liverpool. Right. The lovable lads. We can the Fab Four. The Fab Four. You got Ringo. You got John. Right. Paul. You got Steve. Jimmy. J I M I, of course. Yeah. On guitar, up yeah. there in heaven. Jimi Hendrix playing down, looking down on all of us. Mm-hmm. You got Bonham, Tracy Bonham. Yep. And so this is popular. We can mesh these styles, and for the next record, I want it to be sound American. Yeah. So they did away with sort of the ambient textures that they had in yeah. The Unforgettable Fire, just made a straight-ahead rock record, and this is what you're responding to. Am I right? Yeah. I'm, but I think the they wouldn't have been able to make this record without Unforgettable Fire. I think that the, the ambient lushness really adds to joshua tree it's there still it's just mm-hmm. much more there's still subtle. some brian eno stuff by yes. the way brian eno at this point he's on board yeah you know like the last he's record like buco dolores <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm i mean saying? that uh, this is i would say the unforgettable fire and the joshua tree are the reasons why anyone ever wants to work with brian eno yeah know? i mean well ev- i mean you know talking heads and stuff yeah and david bowie but what i mean to say is is like now it's almost a cliche for a band like Coldplay to say we're working with Brian Eno for sure because I wonder how much like Coldplay has to pay Brian Eno to produce does he produce their albums or does he just produce like three songs from that's the thing we talked about this on the last episode I wonder how much he actually does yeah I have a feeling like he's the guy who sits around and goes no that's too that's too Coldplay yeah I I read an interview with uh, Chris Martin from Coldplay and he said that if it were up to Brian Eno, th- uh, they would not have any songs that had any hooks at all or any right. choruses. That's what the U2 was saying after No Line on the Horizon 2 is any song that was poppy at all, Brian Eno hated it. Yeah, which is like at a certain point, Brian. That's kind of the business we're in. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's cool. Like, I, I love his experimentation, especially on the, the last record with the, those instrumentals we heard and stuff. But come on. At yeah. a certain point, you got to put out a pride in the name of love. Yeah. Or um, even the the songs that weren't released. This is why I love albums like The Joshua Tree and Thriller and these just giant albums of yesteryear is even the songs – like side two, I don't think there's a single on. I think Red Hill Mining Town was a single like a year after the album. Yeah, came which was out not all that popular. Let's talk about the track listing because but, but even the songs like In God's Country and and One Tree Hill and all these songs that weren't singles, they're they're still amazing. great songs. And here's my issue with the record now after listening to it today. Okay. The first four songs are huge. Huge. Huge songs. You have Where the Streets Have No Name. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. 
with or without you than Bullet the Blue Sky. Yeah. Four of the biggest U2 songs of yeah. all time. Those were massive singles for them. Yeah. Those are the first four songs. It's almost like you're listening to a greatest hits record. Right. Now, then it goes to Running to Stand Still, which closes outside one. Yeah. Great song. Great song. But all of a sudden, it's like, screech. Yeah. You're no longer listening to a greatest hits record. You're listening to a U2 record. I technically, when I was listening to it today, I kind of enjoyed listening to song five through song 11 yeah. more. Yeah, because you're not sick of those songs. Yeah. And sure. how can you be sick of where the streets have, I mean, but at a certain point, my friend had a uh, an interesting point. He was saying when he first heard Every Breath You Take by yeah. the police, he knew it was going to be huge. Yeah. And he wished he had from that moment on counted every time he heard that song. Oh, yeah. So he would know how many times over a lifetime yeah. you would hear that song. It's got to be in the thousands, sure. right? So I feel like I've heard these U2 songs thousands of times. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden you have the songs that are not singles that are, and those are great songs. Running to Stand Still, Red Hill Mining Town, In God's Country. We heard we heard that uh, at the beginning of the yeah. show. Trip Through Your Wires. It's okay. One Tree Hill, great. I, I think Trip Through Your Wires is fucking great. Okay. Let me play a little that bit of that. That is used to great effect in uh, State of Grace at a bar. Oh, I never saw that. You know what movie uses- Directed by Phil Janow, directed- Who, Rattle and Hum. You know who uses uh, In God's Country really well? Was David uh, O. Russell yeah. in Three Kings. Yeah. Starring Cube, Marky Mark, and old and Dog. Little Georgie Clooney. The Poon Hound himself. See, I think this is great. No, this, this is great. I, it sounds I, I, like it's this, this is a great in song. a big room. You know which one I was thinking of was Exit. That one's just all right. Oh, yeah. Exit the serial killer song, right? Is that a serial killer song? It's about, yeah. Let's hear a little bit of Exit. It's, uh, you know, it's not one of their greater songs. It's, it's I forgot it's about Exit. Pretty slow fade up. This is a Brian Eno special right now. Yeah. This is Exit. I will say, like, Trip Through Your Wires, what we just heard. When you look at this album through the, or listen to this album through the prism of, oh, this is Americana, it really yeah. stands out at the time. Yeah. But when I was listening to it, it just sounded like alternative music, right? Yeah. It just, it didn't sound like they're chasing Americana, sure. which... We're going to have to do it in our next episode. The next record really does. They That, that was the prize. They let it, Americana influence them for this. In Rattle and Hum, they're trying to place themselves in the pantheon. Or at least the impression they left with people was they were trying to place themselves in the pantheon of rock and roll greats and doing like blues with B.B. King, which doing is a huge mistake. A huge mistake. Although that song is good. I don't like that song, but I love... Angel of Harlem. Angel of Harlem is one of my favorite U2 songs. Is a stone cold cloud. Well, yep. we got to talk about it next okay. episode. But uh, this one's this one is a Brian Eno. I remember listening to this in high school with headphones and just being like, "This is so intense." And it, and it, and it's kind of um, now it just seems like a little kind of just dumb. It's fine. Let's listen it's to fine. the final track, "Mothers of the Disappeared." I would say "Exit" is the one clunker on this. Yeah, this is a very pretty song. It's not something I would just you know put on but it's a very pretty song yeah this is the final track so th this this record you have four immense classics yep then you have one two three four five great songs that not a lot of people know 
Then you have Exit, which we just heard, which is just kind of moody. And yeah. then you, it closes out with Mothers of the Disappeared. Which is really pretty. Pretty, although I haven't heard any evidence of that so far. This is all very Eno-ish. Yeah. But they had to... But again, this doesn't sound 80s to me. Even this, no. like, kind of... This melody that comes up here is really pretty, though. I'm waiting for that prettiness. Yeah. Oh, there that it is. is. Ah, major key. It's like 40 or one of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know what was also a big, at least radio hit at the time, was this song, um, a B-side, which uh, they played on the radio a lot. Is this this is Sunrise? No, this is Silver and Gold. Oh, yeah. This was on Rattle and Hum, too. Rattle and Hum was the live version of it. This is where he says, uh, Edge, play the blues. Yeah, which we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> In the shit house, a shotgun. But no, this actually, this was a big uh, radio hit as well. And they remade this song for their best of. Oh, Sweetest Thing. Sweetest Thing. This was, this was played on K-Rock a lot. This was huge when they re-released it. Yeah, and was really big at the time. Yeah. Uh, but then they kind of kept the basic track but added new vocals yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But I love this version of it. This, this record actually has a lot of great B-sides because Which apparently they, they did another session. This is what I read today. They did another session because they felt the album was incomplete. Really? And they wanted to add more songs to it. And Brian Eno said, guys, we got to put the record out. And yeah. so they put it out and again said, uh, it's not right, but here's the album. That's amazing because the album feels the most complete. They have 11 songs on it. Bono apparently wanted to make it a double album and put wow. 11 more of those B-sides on it. Never and a great idea. He, he fought for it. He wanted to make it. And then The Edge, I believe, was like, dude, shut the fuck up about <laughs> this double album business. Yeah. And you know what? It's a testament to how great friends they are that they overcame that. Because if someone were to talk to me like that, hey, bro, over, <laughs> yep, bro. Over, um, <laughs> I, I wonder. They've never put out a double album, have they? Uh, no. I will say that technically, um, no line. Pop is a is a double LP. Really? Yeah. Uh, that is long have, enough to be a double LP. They could have dropped like four songs from that. Album. Isn't that song? I'll, I'll check to see how many. But that album has so many tracks. You know what they do a lot, and you can tell when they don't Twelve like tracks. when they don't like one of their albums is when they start releasing remixes as B sides. Yeah, not like dance versions, but just a like remixed, totally remixed. Yeah. yeah, Staring at the Sun. They did that. We'll talk about that record at some and point. And Gone, which is I think the one Stone Cold classic from pop. I will say. Just to hype an upcoming episode, I don't mind pop. Yeah. I Side two's got some real doozies on it. I don't it. mind it, especially if you get all the singles. They have some great yeah, great B-sides on it. Anyway, we'll talk about that. Okay. But I, I will say about Joshua Tree, what you were saying about a lot of the songs being kind of like overplayed in your mind, like you're just sick of them. I, the, the other day I when I was listening to it, I put on... Still haven't found what I'm looking for. It still sounds, sounds great. great. Like the production is really detailed and rich and beautiful. You know which one I guess I can't really hear all that I'm sort of sick of is Bullet the Blue Sky. Yeah. I'm just sort of sick of it. Yeah. I, you know, the Rattle and Hum did it no favors. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I feel like Rattle and Hum kind of, um, 
burned me out on that song too because mm-hmm. they blew it up too big. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you listen to it on Joshua Tree, it's a pretty tight, contained The first song. time I heard it, I was like, whoa, that's a pretty intense. Yeah. And we talked about the Us Festival when, when you were intense, literally. Yeah. And uh, so you mean like not in a tent, you mean in intense. I thought it was like, like intense. Like Adam, these shows they did, um, they would play them at these shows. Right. <laughs> When they would add them. Right. And it was intense. And I would get out of it. Like and I would intense. No, no, no. I was staying in a tent and uh, I would get out of it and go watch the show. Oh, that's what I meant. I meant, yeah. Intense. Like intense. In intense. Yeah. Okay, great. So we agree on that. So, um, so yeah. yeah, I think that just as if you listen to Thriller, you're probably a little sick of Thriller and Billie Jean. And it's hard to get sick of those songs. As as I know. as complicated as my relationship to Michael Jackson's personal life is, yeah, I will say that Michael Jackson Thriller is one of those records that it's like our, our good friend Jarrett, not our good friend, but Jarrett Grody, who's a very funny comedian, had a really funny joke about um, R. Kelly's Ignition remix. Uh-huh is so good that it should excuse him from <laughs> having sex with that 15-year-old and the next one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so... You can have sex with another 15-year-old, you're scot-free. <laughs> yeah. That song is so good, and that's kind... I I think Michael Jackson, the more that I hear about him, just he's just a horrible human being. And you know what? I mean, people are sick, and they have... You know, I'm sure. I'm sure his growing up was no picnic. But Thriller is just it's so a, fucking such good a that I found masterpiece. I still I listen to it even yeah. though I have and I I enjoy it. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, um, want to be starting something? Pyt. I don't know what those songs are, so, but oh, they're on Thriller. They're on the album. Oh God! I thought you really liked. This album, no, maybe not. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the. It goes ease on down, ease on down the road. You're thinking of the soundtrack to the Wiz. That's the one that I. It's so good. Um, also bad. So many great, great songs yeah. on bad. He really kind of lost the plot with Dangerous, but at the time I liked it. By the way, you're listening to you talking you two to me, <laughs> but black and white, black or white or whatever. Uh, that's a great song too. What? Yeah, that's a great song. You know, that video incorporated morphing, which was, uh, uh, it was first uh, used in the movie Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Mm -hmm. Jean Lanzis directed uh, the black or white video. Yeah. The uh, uh, director of The Twilight Zone. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. With Vic Morrow. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um... By the way, this is I Love Films. Um, let's get back to you two. So we have, I mean, this this record catapulted them into at the top of the the charts. Yeah, I was watching across the, the board hit the documentary from the Sky Down, which I'm going to lend you the Blu-ray of. Hmm. Um, I have a Blu-ray player. Is that this what is they like mean? A side note: I have a player. That, when they say "from the sky down," is that they the sky is blue? So is that why they called Blu-rays Blu-rays because of that? Every Blu-ray is called "From the Sky Down." Okay, and then the title of whatever movie you're watching is okay. in parentheses. At the oh, bottom. okay, great. Um, they were saying that because they were kind of explaining Rattle and Hum and why they did it and how much they. It seems like it really haunts them still. 
Yeah. Like they're still embarrassed. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but it it set them back dramatically. Yeah, but Joshua Tree was so huge that they're on this tour and this album just takes over and they start the tour as an arena band selling out arenas everywhere and then suddenly graduate to stadiums stadiums and they don't have enough material for a stadium show they don't have video assist back then Mm -hmm. so they're just like lost at sea playing stadiums and they don't know how to do it and which by the way they talk about um they say i believe the unforgettable fire tour they did not feel like they played well Oh, really? They, they said when they first started, they were not ready for it. Huh. And they, they came off pretty, and they had a lot of disagreements about it. Yeah, apparently, it's interesting. It's because they, they use a bunch of rattle and hum footage in this documentary that was not in the movie of Bono freaking out backstage. Going, oh, my God, you guys. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> I think everybody hates us. <laughs> um, Bono, by the way. Call us. Listen, I want some t-shirts. Hey, man. Man, I want a t-shirt. Remind me to lend you that Blu-ray. Yeah, definitely. How are you going to get it to me? Do you have a Blu-ray player? I do. Well, hey, look, I work in Hollywood. Yeah. How are you going to get it to me? How many Blu-rays do you have? Honestly? Yeah. Probably one. Which one? Uh, From the sky down. Well, parentheses, Citizen Kane. Oh. Greatest movie ever made. Can we do a quick episode? Let's do a quick episode of I Love Films. Hey, this is Scott with I Love Films. This is Scott, and I love films. Not as much as I love films. I, that's yeah, debatable. We'll, let the, we'll debate it maybe on a future episode, but we don't have time for that this episode. So we're talking about Citizen Kane. Great movie. You know, the, one of the things this movie is really famous for is the word rosebud. Mm-hmm. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it's his shoes. Yep. He had rosebuds on the soles of his shoes. Yep. And um, it's where by, Paul Simon got the idea for for diamonds on the soul because, as we all know, rosebuds are the diamonds of the herbiculture family. Absolutely, and that's all you need to know about Citizen Kane. Great episode. Great episode, buddy. Um, talking about i don't remember oh yeah so they, they get to be really huge they're they're on tour for oh you were talking about from the sky down they're oh yeah freaking so out he's they're, freaking they're, out they're all freaked out and they decide to make this little documentary we'll talk about that in the rattle and hum episode. yeah so but it's just well, as your kind main of point was what just that the joshua tree was so big that it just caught them off guard like they were trying to be the biggest band in the world but when it happened, You're, no one they were not ready for what it entails. I mean, we talked about it on the first episode. Sure, they thought we'll sell a hundred million records, right? But they had no idea. Twenty? No idea. It no would idea. Get up to one twenty. No. So uh, they, at this point, you got the cover of Rolling Stone. They're rubbing shoulders with luminaries of the rock cover and roll scene. Cover of. Time, the concept. No, Time Magazine. Oh, Time Magazine. Sorry. And um, they're they're the biggest band in the world right now, and they are viewed as – and by the way, they're 27 years old, and they are viewed as big as the Beatles, as big as 
the Stones, as big as Dylan, as big as Springsteen. But then when they go and... As important, I should say. Yeah, but then Rattle and Hum is all about them kind of putting themselves up there with those people. And going, hey, we deserve to be, and they get fucking blasted for it. We'll talk about it in the next episode. Final thoughts on, uh, uh, what are we talking about? The Joshua Tree? The the Joshua Tree? Um, I think it's uh, totally great. Um, I still put it on from time to time. That reissue, the remastered mm-hmm. one, it really needed a remaster, by the way. I'm glad they did that. Right. The B-sides. B-sides are great. Great. Because they usually don't have a lot of good B-sides. They don't. They have, like, they'll do early versions of, like, you know, hey, this is an early version of, uh, what was the first single from All That You Can't Leave Behind? Uh Beautiful day. Like yeah. here's a here's a work in progress version when it was called something else. It's interesting because they usually have there there usually is flab on their albums, so it's not like they have great little nuggets. Yeah. Uh, other than for this record, because like I said, they went into that recording session yeah. hoping to do That's more. So stuff. interesting. Where did you read that on uh, your dick? <laughs> Hey, I play with it enough. I got to read it at some point. <laughs> you are what you eat. <laughs> um, yeah, great record. I still Wikipedia, is that where you Yeah, that's right, yeah. But I w- I would say I still like War a little more. I st- or Unforgettable I, st- I still like Unforgettable Fire and War okay. a little bit more merely because those four songs are probably too played out for okay. me and if it I don't know. I've, okay. I have a complicated relationship with this record. I okay. I think it's great though. It's we haven't gotten into the like, hey, there's there there isn't a total embarrassing song on it yet, like there are on some of their future records. Yes. We have not gotten to my favorite U2 record yet. We have not. Well, I think I know what it is. You hyped it. We haven't gotten to it. We have not talked about it off the air either. No, but you sort of hinted in the first record or first episode. I know. But I call we these have, episodes records. But we, we have not spoken about it off no. the air. What? What? We're how do you feel it. about it? We're saving it. Yeah. So we've gotten to my favorite, but I hope to discover and rediscover these records as we go along. Yeah. I, you know what's going to be interesting is talking about pop because I think there's a lot of good stuff on I think there. there's great stuff. And we should talk about the B-sides on pop a lot too because I yeah. think I think that record out of – we've talked about the B-sides on this. That I would say pop has the strongest B-sides. Yeah. They did all those covers pop, that were great. Great Fortunate covers and, and uh, uh, pop music and uh, – Pop music. Yeah, pop, pop, pop music. They did like an 11-minute version that they would come out to um, live. Oh, and so they, it was so weird when I saw the Pop Mart tour. It was in San Diego, and the stadium was like half full. Mm. Like they were at a real low point. They didn't have a single. We'll talk about it. But look, final thoughts on the Joshua Tree. If Adam, if you could create something as good as the Joshua Tree, and who's to say you haven't? Because I think personally, I was in Piranha 3D. You were in Piranha 3D, and I wanted to say that personally, but. Would you, if you could, would you, or would you say, you know what, the world isn't ready for it yet? If I could create something as good as the Joshua Tree, would I? Yes. No. Good. Smart. Yeah. I don't think me or the world could handle it. Smart. 
If you, when did you get sort of well known as an actor? Would you say? Like there are levels, but at what point did you become a household name? <laughs> and why are you in this room with me if you are? <laughs> um, you know, like probably Parks is the yeah, thing that like sort of three years ago or or okay. two years ago or something. Like so that. so if you not if, how just just like moderately well known, right. which is I think where I'm residing. So if if that were to happen to you, we all know right now gobs of pussy. Right. thrown at you. Pussy cocaine. Pussy cocaine. So if you could have if you could have had that pussy cocaine mm-hmm. when you were 27 like these guys, would right. you have had it at 27? How would you have handled it? I will say that it's all I wanted at that age was to be a well-known actor and it did not happen until I was, you know, 10 years later when I was mm-hmm. like 37 and I'm glad that it didn't because I don't know what I would have – first of all, I'm terrified of how mediocre my work would have been. But then also, I just – I think I would have been really stupid about mm-hmm. how I handled it and stuff. Looking back on these guys, I'm surprised. You're getting choked up. Yeah. With Perrier bubbles. <laughs> um, I'm surprised at how kind of composed they were. How what how disciplined they were about their image. Yes. We, we until have, Rattle and Hum. Yes. And we haven't heard a lot about them being like fucking weirdos other than uh, Adam Clayton. Right. A little bit. A little bit recently with uh, Bono being on that yacht and having pictures taken with bikini babes. Oh, yeah. But. Uh, hey, who can blame him? <laughs> you know what? Who can blame him? I can't. Only God can judge him. I'll tell you that much. And he will. Jury and executioner. God murders (laughs) us all. Oh, yeah. When you think about it. Oh, yeah. We don't have to die. God murders every one of us. God flicks a switch, man. Man, that is a rough day when God flicks that switch. By the way, it's every day I write the book is that one song where he... Elvis Costello started using that keyboard, and it sounds so stupid. But it's such a great song. He started using the Madness producers... uh, with Stanley uh, and Langer with Stanley and um, on that record on the on the one after that that's when he started using that keyboard he used more piano than he did before but, and it sounded more like madness anyway but also the drums were really yeah, they, uh, yeah yeah and the, that echo that 80s echo yeah. that yeah no good okay so next episode we're going to talk about Rattle and Hum we're going to talk about the descent yeah. of U2 who knows where we'll get yeah. We've been taking more time with it than we ever thought we Which would. Which I like. I think I that's like good. It. Why not? People like hanging out with the two of us, sure. right? Or the one of us, even though we have <laughs> the similar yeah, voice. This is exactly the same person. <laughs> um, this has been another episode of You Talking You Two to Me. And this is your co host, Scott, saying that I hope that you found what you're looking for. And this is your co-host, Scott, saying, I hope you're out there and I'm ready with or without you. See you next time on You Talking You Two to Me. Hey, you talking you two to me? Hey, you talking you two to me. By the way, we'll get to Harry Potter next episode, I promise. We'll figure out where Adam's at with Harry Potter and his goddamn son (laughs) what is this is this a 
This is a B-side. This is Race Against Time. Goodbye. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolfradio.com The Wolf Dead. Hey, Queeros, it's me, Cami Esposito, and I'm here to tell you about my podcast, Query. You can sit in on hour-long conversations between me, Cameron Esposito, and some of the brightest luminaries in the LGBTQ family. Query explores individual stories of identity, personality, and the shifting cultural matrix around gender, sexuality, and civil rights. Plus, it is fun. We have had some incredible guests. Uh, Emmy winner Lena Waithe? Yes, definitely. Congressman Mark Takano? You bet. L Word creator Eileen Shaken? Yes. President and CEO of Glad Sarah Kate Ellis? We definitely have. We've got celebs, people like Trixie Mattel, Evan Rachel Wood, Tegan and Sarah, the band, and the people separately on two different episodes. We also have activists and change makers in our community. I think it's a one-of-a-kind show full of chats you have never heard before. It's identity, it's community, it's query. You can find query every Monday on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.